Hello, everybody. Happy Wednesday. It's Michael Martin. Duh, who else would it be? So I got an email from someone uh, who talked about a dynamic that happens probably to a lot of folks in the investment advisory space and said, you know, hey, client owned a bunch of NVIDIA and it ran up. You know, what do you think about, you know, putting on trades before earnings, right? And making that like a trading strategy. And so, I mean, anything's worth testing, right? You know, if you have a simulator, which, you know, to me, I don't know how a person could trade without having a, a trading engine or a simulator to look at the data um, because it's more objective than looking at charts, right? You're looking at straight out data and you can program your decisions without, you know, any kind of subjective interference. Obviously, where your entry is going to be, you know, if you buy a 20-day high or something like that, that's obviously something that's subjective because you get to pick the dates. So that's why it's kind of said that all systems are ultimately subjective. But if you followed every rule, then there's a lot of objectivity to that, right? If you followed every rule religiously, yes, you pick the 20 days, that's subjective. But following it for 20 years, right, puts you in a world of a bill done, for example. And then you can kind of see. So I suppose if you did the work and it was really, really important to you, right, which is an emotional decision, right, because you don't have to think about it. If it's important to you from an emotional need standpoint, you can go back in time and look at all the trades that you could have had each and every quarter and what to do. What would you have done with a particular name, large cap technology names, if you bought the thing a week before earnings and sold it the day after? Like You could test that. So that you can see for, you know, in a very objective way, is there any ethos to that that makes sense for you for what you're doing? Because if you don't know the odds and you're adding risk, it's a gamble, right? Poker players playing Texas Hold'em know the expected value of a hand. And, you know, they still lose, right? Does it mean that they made a bad decision, right? You can make really good decisions knowing the expected values and still lose because it's about odds and probabilities. They're basically the same thing. It's just different how you look at them. So when clients call and say, do you want to buy puts on Apple, right? Which is kind of an inside joke to a, a, one of my favorite listeners. And, 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 you know, do you want to buy calls or whatever on NVIDIA? You know, you put yourself in a tough spot because then again, the client's, you know, feeling fear or greed. And then you're trying to ascertain like, well, how do I, how am I in this situation? So on, an, on another call, we'll talk about how do you coach the client to stop calling you with stupid ideas? Because you have to really put them in their place, but do so in a very diplomatic way. The thing you can say is like, look, we don't know what the numbers are going to be. We can't tell, right? That's the whole point of earnings. We don't know. They're not telling us along the way. Sometimes they pre-announce and they say things should be in line. But that probably takes the excitement away because I think it's the whole scratch-off kind of lottery ticket. It's like if we lay down a bet and the thing pops, we could make, of course, they're not thinking in terms of percentages. They're thinking in terms of dollars. If we bought 100 calls at XYZ price and the thing pops 25, 30 bucks, you know, which is kind of what NVIDIA did uh, in and around earnings a week or so ago, even though I think it was basically flattered down slightly on the day, had a big run up to the day and kind of was flat in and around it, right? So again, this isn't about NVIDIA, but it just goes to show you like how many times did you see a company report good numbers and the thing sold off? And I don't necessarily think it's buy on rumor, sell on news either. 
it's that, you know, the COVID-19 thing has really put, uh, you know, thrown a wrench into a lot of operations for a lot of companies given, given the pandemic. So I think it's, it's not necessarily re reckless because people are emotional beings by definition, right? Human beings are emotional beings. So when they see, you know, opportunity, especially if they're slightly down in their accounts, maybe they want to roll the dice. Um, I typically don't think of the market as Vegas, though, where, you know, you're going to take risk for the sake of taking risk and then, you know, uh, not really necessarily know the outcome. Two, if you're not going to be doing this every quarter across dozens or hundreds of names, it's not necessarily a system. It's a hair trigger response or an emotional reaction to something, to a particular name, their favorite company, their favorite sector, maybe their favorite antagonist on TV said something. So, you know, it's hard because you you have to have an impenetrable wall where client emotions cannot permeate your ethos for creating alpha. And so that's a whole other dynamic. I can't get into that today because I just don't have the time. And this isn't really uh, a, a show about sales and marketing and client management. I try to talk about it when I can because those situations come up. But this is more about the, the trader, the risk manager, and creation of alpha more than anything else. But when the client brings up the idea, thinking that it's going to be this big alpha pop to the account, you know, you have to explain to them from a mathematical standpoint that we don't know the probabilities, therefore we can't create the odds. If we don't know the odds, we can't figure out the bet size. They still want to gamble, so you say, okay, buy five call options or whatever it is. I don't know how you would do it, but, you know, when they say they just have a hunch, again, now who's in control of the relationship, right? Do they think that somehow they're partners with you? So this is, again, where you want to come back and say, okay, how do I handle my clients? What am I going to do to say to these people to say, listen, go back to doing what you do to make the money in the first place. I'll create the alpha. Or set up an account where you put in, you know, a couple million bucks for your own money and do this on the side and you don't have to call me because I can't advise you on that because I don't know the odds and I, or the probabilities. And so with that, I don't, I don't have anything to say to you, good or bad. I have no way to say, you know, I'm out of my depth here. And it's okay to say that. I don't know. And I would deliberately say, I don't know, because you don't want to push them one way or the other. They have to learn and understand that those actions that they take are completely on them, right? Because if you thought you had a hunch on the idea, why wouldn't you have the trade on in the account? And you don't. So I think it's a good question. It's a tricky spot to be in. But again, I think the simple answer is, if you don't know the odds, you don't know the probabilities, you don't know the bet size, everything at that point's a gamble, and you respect money more than that to just gamble. If you want to gamble, go to Monte Carlo. You don't need to involve me. Have fun while you're there. Anyway, if you haven't already gotten a copy of the audiobook version of my book, The Inner Voice Trading, it's available for free at Martin Chronicle. Thank you very much for being here, and I'll see you tomorrow.